Dead Men Tales is brought to you by SupplyHouse.com, the easy way to order HVAC, plumbing, and electrical parts. Shop online, find a wide selection of products from industry-leading brands, and get fast delivery anywhere in the U.S. And being a pro has its perks. Apply to be a SupplyHouse.com trade master and get access to a dedicated phone line, free shipping and returns, and discounts on every order. Join the thousands of trade pros already benefiting from their free membership at SupplyHouse.com slash TradeMaster. That's SupplyHouse.com slash TradeMaster. From HeatingHelp.com, it's Dead Men Tales. I'm Dan Hollihan. The lovely Marianne's cousin, Suzanne, married Phil back in the early 70s when we were all young, dumb, irresponsible, and absolutely bulletproof. Phil had come from Dublin, Ireland, by way of London, England, where he once slept in a tree because the rent was right. <laughs> when he arrived in New York City with little more than dreams and a body about the size and hardness of a corner mailbox, he went to work in the heating trade and eventually became a union steam fitter. We moved Phil and Suzanne from their apartment in the borough of Queens to a house in upstate New York on one of those bulletproof days way back when. It was about a two-hour commute each way to where Phil would spend the following 40-plus years building New York City, and he would have to rise before 4 a.m. each morning to catch the bus. But it was all worth it for him. And he could sleep on the bus. I didn't know where we were going that day, so I asked Phil's crazy Irish brothers who had been up to see the new house. How far is it from here to there? One brother thought for a moment and then said, I think it's about a five-beer drive. And the other brother said, you think so? I think it's a six. And so it was. And I know how irresponsible all of that business sounds nowadays, but I'm telling the story and that's just the way it happened. Young and dumb. And most of those brothers are gone now. As the years passed, children, mortgages, and difficult times peeled away our bulletproofing. We all managed to stay alive, often in spite of ourselves, and each went his own way. I became a writer, and Phil kept building those towers in New York City. We'd get together often, and I would ask him about where he was working and about that latest bump on his head or that scar that wasn't there the last time we met, and we would settle down into another wonderful story about the work. It was always about the work and about the wackiness of New York City. The women would sit over there and talk about the kids. Phil and I would talk about the work. We never tired of it. At one point, Phil was teamed with a fitter who had been born in Italy. Phil told me that this guy had an accent you could pour over a plate of spaghetti. One day they're on a job and the guy says, Phil, you got it a ham and cheese? So Phil, who had a brogue that takes some getting used to, shrugs and says, Ham and cheese? I'm not sure. I think Sue might have packed me tuna fish today. And he goes to look in his lunch pail. The Italian guy says, No, Phil, no ham and a chiz. Ham and a chiz. And he makes a hammer hitting a chisel gesture. Ham and a chiz. You got the ham and a chiz. So Phil went to get him the hammer and chisel. Isn't that just the best? <laughs> I was in Philadelphia, and I got to see the sunrise from the top of one of the city's tallest buildings. There's a ballroom up there, and I was doing a seminar for the district heating company's customers. Trigen, 
ran Philly's district heating system back then. And I was drinking coffee made by Trigen Steam, 50 stories up. I looked at the river and the land, and I had better understanding of why this American city came to be where it is. You could find a lot of perspective up there in that ballroom. I looked down at the cooling towers and the basketball courts on the roofs of the buildings, things that people on the ground never stopped to think about. Looking down at the roof of the hotel where I had spent the previous night, I spotted a steel pipe that puffed Trigen steam. I had a good long time to think while I waited for the people to show up. Thirty miles of steam pipes run under Philadelphia's sidewalks, not its streets. They did it that way to keep the weight of the traffic off the pipes. The people at Philadelphia Electric made that decision more than 100 years ago. Smart. The natural gas that makes the high-pressure steam comes all the way from Texas, brought through a steel pipe, welded together section by section by pipe fitters. Think of it. All the way from Texas. I visited the Philly steam plant some years ago and touched the end of that pipe. It made me smile. And I hugged it. I looked out the window and I watched the steam puff from the pipe that connects to a flash tank somewhere in the hotel where I had slept, and I remembered a story Phil had told me a few years ago. He and his partner were working at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, where they use steam for just about everything, and have done so for as long as anyone can remember. There are so many ways to use steam, and when the pipes are in a building that's as busy as a hospital, it's difficult, if not impossible, to shut it all down to work on it. So steam fitters like Phil often face challenges. Donnie, he said, they had this 12-inch flash line that stuck up out of the roof and parts of it had corroded over the years. We had to change that line, but there was no way we could shut down all the things that were flashing into that pipe and no one was even sure where the valves were. When you use high-pressure steam, you get condensate from the steam traps and that condensate is about the same temperature as the steam that's going into the equipment. Some of that extremely hot condensate flashes right back into steam when it leaves the trap, and that's where the flash tank comes in. It gives the flash steam a place to let loose without back-pressuring the other traps. Flash steam is what you'll see coming from those pipes that stick out of the tops of big buildings. There was no place for a crane, Danny, so we had to rig scaffolding and hump these four five-foot-long sections of 12-inch pipe up the scaffold and weld them in place while the steam was coming up from the hospital. It was tough. How much did each pipe section weigh, I asked. About 250 pounds, he said. And you did this while the steam was coming out of the top of the pipe? We did. And that was the worst part. It was a very hot summer day. It was about 130 degrees up there. But you got it done. Phil shrugged and laughed. <laughs> we had no choice, Danny. That's the thing. We had to get it done. We had no choice. So we just did it. Phil and I and the wives went to Key West, Florida one year to be silly without adult supervision. We were sitting one night in the Hogsbreath Saloon eating food that's not good for anyone and drinking cold beer. These 20-something bulletproof guys were at the next table. It was their first stop in a traveling bachelor party and we struck up a conversation with them. So what do you fellas do, Phil asked. I'm a lawyer, the guy closest to Phil said, and he's a chemical engineer. That guy over there is a real estate appraiser, and he's a cop. I hoisted my glass to them and said to the bridegroom, 
Let's hope you won't need either the cop or the lawyer tonight. And we all had a good laugh. What do you do? The lawyer asked Phil. I'm a steamfitter in New York City, Phil said. Steamfitter? What the hell is that? The lawyer looked at his mates. You guys ever hear of a steamfitter? They all shook their heads. Even the engineer shook his head. And the real estate guy as well. What does a steamfitter do? The young lawyer asked. I work on the pipes in the big buildings, Phil said. Interesting, the lawyer said. You mean like the skyscrapers? Yes, the pipes in the big buildings, like the places where you work. I put the pipes in there. No one ever thinks about stuff like that, the lawyer said. I think about it all the time, Phil said, taking a pull on his beer. Interesting, the lawyer said, and turned back to his mates. Phil looked at me and shrugged, and we had a good laugh about that, about how few people ever think about what fitters do every day, and about how they make it look so easy. Yeah, we had a good laugh about that. Here's to the unsung heroes. Hope you liked that story. And if you did, please share it. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. I have many more Dead Men Tales to share with you. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen. It means a lot. Thanks. Thanks.